It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Friday, December 22nd, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is kind of bummed the point streak is over, but there's a lot I think the Flyers can learn from that game. Yeah, I mean, the holiday spectacular was good. That's good to hear. Uh, We're going to do that, plus uh, talk about the upcoming Red Wings game and talk about the state of the Flyers going into the Christmas break, all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. You can find us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe. You'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, uh, again, a little bummed out, but I think that this is a really good learning experience for the Flyers in this game. Uh, especially as it relates to like how to execute offensively when mm-hmm. you're being challenged, right? Yeah, no question. Um, it's interesting because I know Pete Weber, the voice of the Predators, so I would talk to him in between periods. And, you know, they play a similar game, right? We've talked about that before. That's pretty mm-hmm. obvious. The um, The interesting thing is, even though the score was tied after two, if you look at natural stat trick and other things, the, you could tell that the Nashville had the ice tilted a little their way. They had a power play to lead off the third period. They didn't score on that. So it's not like the Flyers weren't in the game, but they just, it took them a while, even in the third period, to kind of get the energy up. And that was the part that probably yeah. hurt them. I mean, look, the five-minute power play. We could go on and do three shows about the power play. Maybe Santa will bring them one. I get the Couturier scored a power play goal, but, you know, the five-minute power play obviously was really costly. Yeah, I was going to say, like, this Flyers power play in this game had everything. Like, a shorthanded goal against an actual power play goal, and then a five-minute major where nothing happened, and then they negated the the power play. So I feel like the whole power play of this game was emblematic of the Flyers this season. Yeah, yeah. um, To a large degree. But, you know, back on the offensive end, I really think that... Um, not only did they like not really come back from being challenged by the Nashville defense, but I really think they were just taking sh- desperation shots more than actual quality shots. I mean, the metrics to your point show that absolutely, but I think that they just, you know, there was a lot of turnaround shots and just, you know, back a lot of backhanded shots. I thought, yeah, a lot of that, backhanded shots that ne- Saros didn't necessarily force them into. Like, again, um, mm-hmm. what was interesting is we were talking about Owen Tippett because, again, probably for, like, the third game in a row, he's trying his backhand on the short side, and mm-hmm. he really didn't have to do that. 
He had no. room where he could have gone on the other side, but it's just like, it, like you said, it clicked in his head that this is the way I'm going to do it. And he decided that's what he was going to do. And I think a few players did that. And I think that yeah. that was, that was kind of odd. You know, there is something to be said about like a Couturier with the patience that he shows like to score a goal. Not everybody has that patience and it can be taught. And you do wonder if they, you know, would go over that a little bit, because I think if John actually went over that in a video meeting, it would go a long way to kind of show that you felt bad for Cam Atkinson too, because he had a really nice shot on goal oh, there. Man. And, and, and <laughs> it was, I tweeted it. It was one of the best glove saves all year. And honestly, he looked at it in disbelief, right? He was like, are you sure that's not in? Like, you just felt horrible for him. Oh, man. I just, my heart sank so deep. I I just, like, what can this guy do? I did think, like, maybe he made one too many deeks with the stick. Maybe. That if he had just, like, opened up a little sooner. Now, maybe Saros could have read it better if he had done that. So, you know, there's arguments both ways. But I just felt like it wasn't his best possible shot because he couldn't set himself up properly for it. But again, you know, Saros is so good that I don't know if it would have made a difference, right. to be honest. It, it might not have. He really he did a good job of swooping with his glove right away. Mm-hmm. And he's got yeah. a big glove. He does. It's a butterfly net. And so I do feel like that really negated anything Cam was going to do on that. The other thing is, I got to tell you again, Mark Stahl, like that was a bad penalty to take. It yeah. really was. It killed anything that the Flyers had going at that moment. And it was just like, why? Why on this play are you are you going to do that? Like, it just didn't seem like it was necessary. No. And, you know, it was it was interesting because of how penalty heavy that second period was. And they were yeah. calling a lot of stuff. And then yeah. in the third period, it was they like, called nothing. OK, they called nothing. And so but I kind of think... figured they were going to do that. I was talking to Anthony Mingione next to me, you know, and I do a show with him. and We always chit chat. And I was like, they're not going to call anything this third period because they called so much during this game. Yeah. And I think they just kind of let things go a little bit. Um, you know, even over the broadcast, it was very clear that the fans were not happy no. with uh, the third period in terms Although of the Forrester, lack of calls. Forrester play acted that that trip. He didn't. That was. Yeah. He did. No, I don't necessarily think any, that should have been called. I'm just saying there was definite yeah. consternation about it. And I I do think that uh, it very much played in Nashville's favor in their style of offense to be able to like take additional chances and, um, you know, be more aggressive on the forecheck because nothing was getting called. And we saw the ice tilt a little more even in the third period. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, when you talk to someone like Pete Weber, you get really good knowledge and and just like wisdom. Right. And. So what he told mm-hmm. me was, I said, this is, you know, a decent game. It's tight. I told him I thought Nashville had a little bit of an edge here, but they weren't really rewarded. He goes, they just have to beat them for one period. Mm-hmm. And it's really true. Like, that's really what this game boiled down to after a while. Yeah, and it was funny. I just had, you know, in my head, I was thinking, oh, this just one thing is going to happen, and this is going to de- determine the outcome of this game. Just one very little thing. And sure enough, like, 10 seconds later was when Nashville scored the go-ahead goal. And I was just like, not that way. That's not (laughs) what I meant. But that's really how it felt that, 
you know, like you look at the Flyers penalty kill again, very strong, very strong penalty kill. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that for a lot of that game, the Flyers defense was very good at preventing Nashville from getting, um, you know, really good chances. And Sam Erson came up big as per usual. Erson came up late. real big. I actually think he covered over some issues in the second period for sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, Erson couldn't have played any better. He didn't do anything nope. wrong. I think, I think the overall issue was like, we saw some, some sloppy play, but we also saw a play where they would try and get the puck and almost like ping pong it instead of like getting control of it and trying to set something up. Like, you know, we always talk about set play, whatever, try and do didn't seem like they wanted or thought they had any time to do that. Yeah, it was just things were just a little rushed that yeah. made it more difficult to execute. And I think that's ultimately why the Flyers weren't able to score any additional goals. Yeah, no, I think so too. Uh, you do have to wonder again, uh, when you have an extra attacker out there, why is Ristolainen out there and why, you know, he's shooting, he misses the net completely. You know, I don't know why he's one of the choices. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, about that either. I know he can do that sometimes, but I just think in in these high pressure situations, I don't, I just don't think he's the guy for that. But no, you know, I I, I do think again, there's some some really good elements to this game, and uh, Travis Konechny worked his butt off in this. Yeah, game. listen, Konechny was great. He had a terrific game. Yeah, yeah, Wasn't I thought his so fault. too. No, he he was a, a handful out there. And he definitely was making things happen for sure. You know, Sandheim, I think, had a good game. I think their top pairing had a good game. Uh, they did their, their best to bottle up Forsberg. He did have one great chance on that power play in the third period. But they did a good job of bottling him up, too. You know, Tomasino is a guy that does have skill. I mean, that's that's the guy that beat him tonight. But But you're right. I mean, there's something to learn from it. I think this is a now a moment where it's like, okay, you're going to have to sit with this loss for a couple of days. You're not going to be at home for a while. So you really do have to kind of regroup on this. And we'll see. We'll see how the regroup goes. Well, the Flyers will have a chance to get back on the winning side of the scoreboard today as they face the Detroit Red Wings, who are in a bit of disarray at the moment. So some good opportunities yep. there. And uh, we will talk about that coming up next. You know that feeling when your favorite Flyers player scores a hat-trick? If you want to get that feeling and win 100 times your money, play Daily Fantasy Hockey on the Sleeper app. As the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, Sleeper is our top choice for Daily Fantasy sports, especially Daily Fantasy hockey. Fans could also play Daily Fantasy, NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football on Sleeper, and entries can be made in under a minute. With elite players like Connor McDavid, Cindy Crosby, and Austin Matthews, Plus the new guys like Connor Bedard, all you need to do is make more or less picks on stats for these stars. Choose from stats like goals, assists, saves, plus minus, and more. To win 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correct, correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Flyers fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper, so start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL, and you'll get $100, up to a $100 match. On your first deposit, terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms for use for details and locational availability. 
next week on the show. Of course, on Monday, we'll have our nemesis of the week, except we won't have it on Monday because that is the Christmas holiday. So we'll, we'll squeeze that into Tuesday with the Phantoms coverage. Uh, we're going to recap this Red Wings game. We're going to talk about the Western Road Trip. We've got World Juniors coverage. A lot to talk about next week. Flyers, of course, play the Detroit Red Wings at 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. You can catch every second of the Flyers' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search for Flyers. Uh, concluding our week of deja vu, uh, we saw the Red Wings very recently uh, last week. Uh, but the Red Wings have gone through some turmoil in that time, oh, yeah. uh, astonishingly enough. So... Dylan Larkin is back in the lineup after uh, being out after, after that hit. But the goalie situation has turned into quite uh, the drama with, uh, of course, we saw Alex Lyon taken out of the game against the Flyers, and, and he has continued to be hurt. Uh, Ville Husso got hurt uh, in Monday's 4-3 to loss to the Ducks. They had to carry him off the ice. Not great. No. So. James Reimer played the remainder of that game versus Anaheim and the Red Wings had to sign uh, another goaltender in Michael Hutchinson. He's always around, isn't he? Yeah, I know. He's like an AHL guy that suddenly pops up like a groundhog and, um, and appears. But so that's really like the tandem that's getting them through until Christmas, which like that's wild. <laughs> Just Yeah, it's a little about. scary because you know, they were, I guess, to some looking like a playoff team. I didn't think they really were. But I thought, eh, they got Patrick Kane. We'll see what he can do. And, you know, we'll go from there. Uh, right now, things ain't great. No, and uh, Dylan Larkin even said, like, this team is spiraling and it is not good. They've lost four in a row now, including that previous game against the Flyers and um, they've dropped a place in the standings to fifth in the Atlantic in that stretch. Um, it, it's just been like they just can't put games together the way they were able to do earlier in the season. Yeah. I mean, again, they're 1-6-1 and one with Patrick Kane. I'm not going to blame it all on him. But again, he does change things when he gets there. Then Larkin was out. So then people were like, well, it's because of Larkin. And I'm like, okay, so now Larkin's back and, you know, they're still losing. Now goaltending okay but you still have to overcome these things if you want to make the playoffs doesn't matter what team you are things are always going to happen and as we're seeing at least in the interim they're not deep enough no they just aren't and and you know Perron should be back in this game and that'll maybe that'll you know maybe that will help but I feel like things are so discombobulated that it changes like that could be a really good thing for them and spark them to play better, or it could go the exact opposite direction because things are, are a mess already and adding something new to the mix just adds to the uncertainty. Yeah. And that's kind of where the Red Wings are. Yeah. That is kind of where they are. There's always a chance of that. And yeah, I mean, look, they're still a dangerous opponent. They have some good players. You know, that top line's really good. Raymond's really good. Now you got Larkin back. Uh, Mo Sider is always a you know a, a risk to to do things. Perron, if he gets in there, is definitely a risk to score. But yeah, it, it seems like will their defense hold up against you know the Flyers' forecheck? May not. 
And and so and the goaltending, you know, we don't know if that's going to hold up. So this one could be a blowout flyers way or it could you know end up being something close that's kind of the way i see it yeah one of the big factors here is that the flyers of course will be playing on the second half of a back-to-back here traveling from a home game to a road game and the red wings will have had uh, a day or two to sit and think about what they've done <laughs> so uh, i i think that you know getting the rest and maybe a chance to reset could help the red wings but also um, we are recording this portion of the show prior to the Nashville game, but even like not knowing the results of that game right now, the Flyers are still, uh, I think, in pretty good um, momentum mode here. And so I, I don't think even a loss would prevent them from just looking ahead to the next game. No, I, I think for this one, you probably see Ursum in there because you know Hart's going to want to play against Edmonton if he feels good. And so I think. That's probably what they're targeting. Do you think they'll put him in back to back? No, no, no. They won't put him in back to back. So I think Hart would play against Edmonton, not not Detroit. Right. So if Urson is plays against Nashville, oh, he, he would be back to back. I think they would use Urson back to back. Sorry. Okay. Yes. I, I I think John Tortorella would do that because I think he's done it before. Like he did it last year, I believe. Yeah, I, I think given the fact that there's a break after it. Yeah, I think he'd be willing to do it, but I think it's a decision he's going to make after the Nashville game to see how busy he was and right. how hard he worked and talk to him and be like, how do you feel? Could you go again? Yeah. So or um, just put him in but, and not talk to him at all. Because again, as we saw, John doesn't even, he didn't talk to Joel Farabee at all. So how do we know he's actually going to talk to Sam Erson? Well, somebody will talk to Sam Erson who will somebody then talk will. to John Tortorella. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that is what I surmise will take place. <laughs> But yeah, I, I just think that uh, this Detroit game, like you want to go into the break strong, right? Thank you. That's a big thing. It's like a mental thing. You feel good about it. It's bad enough that they're going to be on the road for the holidays. So yeah, you, you want it to be strong. No, man, that's just like you have a stretch of a few home games and then you got to play this one road game before the Christmas break. Like that's really annoying, i got to say. The life of a hockey player. What are you going to do? And then New Year's, same thing. New Year's, they're going to be, you know, elsewhere. Well, so. New Year's, they're always on the road. That's, like, something you yeah. know as a, a Flyers player for the last, like, three decades. It's always been Disney on ice for yeah. that stretch of time at the arena. But, uh, yeah, I am really excited to see what the future brings. And uh, we are going to just, you know, take stock as we get into this Christmas break and see where we are relative to last year at this time and kind of, you know, look ahead to the new year. We will do that coming up next. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. They've got over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with their eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your car every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. They've got all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league, including Locked On NHL. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. Russ, uh, I went into the old Wayback Machine uh-huh. on the internet and looking at the Flyers last year at this time uh, at Christmas, they were 11, 17, and 7. They were in seventh place in the Metro and had a brutal negative 29 goal differential. Like, what a difference a year makes. I mean, we did know if Sean Couturier was going to be back and Cam Atkinson was going to be back, that the team would be better. Uh, Couturier plays top top center. He takes those minutes. That's a big deal. He wins faceoffs. He helps the penalty kill. Now the penalty kill is better, which is something that you know John was was hoping for. So those things instantly takes wipes out a bunch of losses from last year. They're better as far as the structure, but I think the issue is. They're better because they also added more veterans. They're not necessarily better because of their youth. Their youth is not really pulling them through on this yet, and I would like to see more of that. But the youth, there's some youth playing, and then there's some that's playing in and out like Zamula. So uh, I'm not seeing enough of that, but the team was definitely going to be better based on the veterans that were back. And the, and also, they we have to be honest, they added a lot of veterans. They did, um, but they also added, I think, Ryan Paling, uh, who is, I wouldn't call him like an older guy, right? He's a younger. No, but he's a one-year guy. So like, what's the odds he's coming back? I I look at him that way. Yeah. And I think, you know, the surprise of Sean Walker, I would Mm -hmm. say, is something Mm -hmm. unexpected that has led to not only the defense being better than we might have expected after losing Ivan Provorov from last season. Um, I think he has made Nick Sealer a better player in the long run. And and that pairing, I think, has done a lot more for this team than we might have expected. And and that has made a huge difference. I think that Sealer didn't necessarily have like the right defenseman to play with last season. Just the way things were getting shuffled around last year too much with not sure where where they were going to put Sandheim and not sure where Risto fit in. Now, I, I just feel like there's like more of a solid foundation to this blue line. And, you know, there is that issue with Zamula maybe not getting enough playing time to truly evaluate him. I think that's valid. But I do think uh, that structure is there because there's more consistency overall. And I think that's helped. Yeah, that's definitely helped. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not. Um, but yeah, so I think all those factors have have made things better. It's just that you know, what's going to be the plan? What's what's the plan going forward? That's really what's important. Yeah. And yesterday, uh, prior to the Nashville game, uh, John Tortorella was asked, you know, how do, do you judge this as a playoff team? Like, are you excited to get this team into a playoff race? And he said specifically that you don't know what a team is until the end of January. And he doesn't really want to entertain that conversation. And, you know, no, Normally, I think I would say like, oh, that's just John being John. He doesn't want to talk about anything. But I think this is actually a good thing for him to have said that because I, yeah, I agree. I think that's valid for this team. 
injuries can occur based on the players they have. I mean, just even with the sickness of Carter Hart, what if that keeps carrying on? Are you going to expect this kind of play from Urson for the next five games? You don't know if you're getting that. So I think, yeah, I think that's it's fair to him for him to say that. Yeah, and I think also you want to keep things going the way they have been from a consistency, mm-hmm. and and they've generally been playing well and they've been winning a lot of games. So you don't want to add this extra layer of stress and pressure to them to mm-hmm. say like, oh, you guys have to make the playoffs or this season is a failure. Like that that's ludicrous and not a good use of time for this team to like. Yeah, I, I don't think it needs to be in there. I so I'm in full agreement. Yeah, so I think it's a good thing to kind of put off that conversation mm-hmm. for now, um, and and you know it gives them a little more time to to fine tune some of the things we've been talking about, like getting the power play going. Let's let's get Cam Atkinson going. Let's get the minutes balanced better. You know, and again in that same presser, Torts is exceedingly aware of getting Kutz's minutes under control, but he's like feeling forced to put him in there more than he wants to because of situational games where they're close. And he's like, we need to put games away earlier so I can rest Sean Couturier on the bench. And I I think that's also fair. No, it is. I also think John recognizes that right now with the Eagles slumping, uh, more people are paying (laughs) attention to the Flyers. More people are now saying, oh, look, the Flyers look like a playoff team. And we're going to start getting on this carousel where the Flyers are, you know, going to go in the playoffs and blah, blah, blah. And he doesn't want to get into any of that right now. And that's fair because, you know, again, a month ago, people weren't even thinking about it. They were all in on the Eagles. The Eagles didn't lose. I don't even know if they had lost a game yet at that point. Right. So the landscape in Philly has changed, too. Yeah. And like we know that fans in Philly get, you know, it's just a cyclical thing with how we are they get carried away sometimes they do yeah but you know we also have fun while we do it so uh, absolutely yeah there's no doubt about that but uh yeah uh, there you know there is that infamous cocky versus distraught scale for mm-hmm. philadelphia sports fans and that's absolutely true Going back to, you know, balancing the minutes, Torst also mentioned specifically, you know, when Noah Cates comes back, um, that'll help mitigate things. And, you know, in theory, that could potentially be like early February. So um, I think that that'll be good timing to get somebody who's a penalty killer and a, you know, a guy that can take some of those minutes uh, back. Is he going to take Bobby Brink out of the lineup or, or Forster? He might. Well, and then I'm I don't not know. Be happy. Well, but he could, you know, take other people out of the lineup because sure, he could take Nick Delorier out at any moment, and nobody would care. But is he going to do that? I, don't I think, think so. it will depend on the circumstances of the team at that point. I think it really will. And like, what are we looking at standings wise? You know, what are we looking at? You know, in terms of leading up to the trade deadline, how do we want to manage this team? I, I think. There's going to be a lot of factors that will, you know, affect what that will look like for them. But uh, yeah, I think that you know the Flyers are in a, a really good position right now. They've been a lot they of are. fun, and I, for one, am exceedingly pleased that we are talking about a lot of wins. We're talking about positive change, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the new year. Uh, before that. The Flyers will be heading on their annual uh, West road trip that they do and uh, hitting Alberta and Vancouver and 
all of that. So, and uh, the Kraken as well out there. And uh, so we'll be talking about all of that next week. And uh, we will. Which means they'll be on Road to the Winter Classic too, because, you know, they're filming that all leading up to the Winter Classic in Seattle. So they'll, they'll be on that. Yep. So that'll be another reason for us to tune in to uh, all of those broadcasts. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of good stuff coming up. We'll talk about that. We are taking uh, the Christmas holiday off. So we will be back on Tuesday with our next episode. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got mailbag questions you want us to answer, you can send them to us via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great holiday weekend, everyone.